So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, um, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Speculation. Awesome. All right, so I'm Ned. I'm Meg. And I'm Damon. All right, so we've got um, this trio of speculators. Spectators? <laughs> spectators to the speculation? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like what you said a moment ago, Damon. Um, not speculum, speculation. That's right. It's different. It, very hard turn there i feel like there's a like a forced bad joke that would be like isn't the singular of speculation speculum yeah no no speculations specula so what's speculoos i feel like this has some that's when you have to get a speculum no (laughs) (laughs) you speculoos hang on speculoos is like some i'm gonna speculate that you're referring to those cookies that they have at trader joe's is that what it is? Now, why did they name them that? I don't know. Let's oh, speculate about it. I'm speculating right now. I think. Well, you got to get them out. Tell me what you think. Yeah. How is it spelled? Just spec you L-O-S-E as in like you're losing or like lose as in L-O-O-S. I think two O's. Yeah. O-O-S. It's uh... like speculating whether you need to go to the loo. What is this, a British cookie? Maybe. What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's sp- speculoos cookie crumbs known as Biscoff. Hang on. I'm look- I'm actually looking this up. Oh, it's their I- version of Biscoffs? Yeah, so that's, that's the Trader Joe's version coffee of cookie. Biscoff. Yeah, is the speculoos. <clears throat> think. A type of spiced short crust biscuit yep. traditionally baked for consumption on or just before St. Nicholas Day in the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and around Christmas in Germany and Austria. They're pretty tasty. Fancy. Also known as speculas, so S-P-E-C-U-L-A-A-S, oh. as opposed to S-P-E-C-U-L-O-O-S, as it is spelled at our Trader Joe's. Interesting. So it has nothing to do with specula, but it's still creepy and weird. It is. It must be like a word <clears throat> from like one of those countries that just is like the cookie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... Hi, what is there a job that some linguist somewhere has, like making sure that words that are translated from language, one language into another language, although they don't like violate maybe any, um, like meaningful things? Like it's not. Uh, I'm I'm not saying this correctly. Like speculus doesn't mean anything in English, but it sounds icky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Chevy Chevy had to change the name of the Nova when they sent it to Mexico and Spanish be other Spanish speaking countries because Nova means no go in Spanish and so they you know yeah there's all kinds of like That's weird confusion conf- there's all kinds of problems like that in in translations and I I don't know it seems to be real y- common yeah I don't know well I I always find that very interesting the like global markets where um like a product is named one thing in one country and another thing in another that speak the same same language. 
um, you know, mm. like in, oh, in, yeah. in, Amer- in the U.S. Uh, or Canada even. Um, yeah. Like our neighbor to the north. Our, our neighbor to the north. How do we, anyway? It's How really easy neighbor? to get really political really quickly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, resist, resist, resist the Immunitize the eschaton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Go on. What were you gonna say? Oh well, I was earlier. I was thinking about um. You know, great things to speculate on are uh, just looking at any of the myriad of like consumer level products that you have in your home and speculating about why someone made some decision. Um, like for instance, uh, when blue LEDs became more commercially available and suddenly they were on every Mm -hmm. electronic device and it's, it's kind of the worst, (laughs) it's kind of the worst LED to have because they're really piercing. Yeah. And they're really, your eye is very sensitive to it. And so they're often very bright. And I remember, um, I had this these monitors and they had blue LEDs on them for the power button but when they were on that blue LED became the brightest state of yeah. it. And so when you turned it on and you're looking at the screen down in the lower right hand corner was this glaring bright piercing blue light all the time. Ooh. And I just thought who I just who thought this was a good idea? I mean this is a design <laughs> issue. Like who who looks make it out of product testing? Yeah, how did this make it out of product testing? I mean, it was so bad, I just had them covered with a piece of tape. I was like, this is... Sure, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, that's a little annoying. It was just like, this is idiotic. Uh-huh. Who thought this was a good idea? So many just <clears throat> lights in general. Like, why do you have a bunch of lights all over crap that's going to be in a, like, a place where you want it to be dark so you can sleep? Yeah, or like that whole yeah. rash of modern cars that the dashboard's just covered in blue light. Just bright blue light. And you're like, you oh, can't yeah. drive this at night. No way. No. It makes me feel like I have cataracts. And yes. I don't think I have cataracts. It's, uh, I will say this. Uh, BMW does that right. The red, their their nighttime consoles mm-hmm. are super easy on the eyes. Yeah. I think like, Audi used to have or does have red consoles, too. Because yeah, as a kid, the, we always had cars with those. Yeah. The red well, is so much easier. I don't know why everybody got excited. About, I'm, I, it's super cool that we have blue LEDs. It was a major... Like feet of chemical engineering, yeah, right. Yep. It's a no, major feat of science, but physics. we don't got to put it on everything. <laughs> no, well, I mean, they led the way. I mean, they led the way to amazing products and and other cool shit that has you know use for having a the blue wavelengths. But absolutely, um, you know, like white LEDs, but not on my nightlight. <laughs> no, <laughs> or in the corner of my viewing screen that I'm trying to look at something. Right. <laughs> okay. Why does every freaking flower sack bag I ever have like leak flour out of it hmm. constantly out of the top when you grab it and it like poofs out? It's like because guys, come on because they're uh it's a paper sack right yeah yeah so that paper sack is designed to um contain the flour and not um and be breathable so that it doesn't hmm. mold and then when you get it home yeah. you should put it into another container. Right. Uh, yeah. And flour is a raw food. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I learned this. But um, I, I get what you're saying. Because a lot of people, yeah. they're probably not 
you know, they don't have containers for flour. They just kind of so have flimsy. So flour. what you're telling me is I'm a loser who needs to get a container for his flour. <laughs> well, what I'm <laughs> suggesting is it's probably a holdover from a time when people bought flour. Like people who are buying flour usually are baking and they're they're storing it. Like Didn't they're, people there's an assumption about their consumers that is maybe shifted and they haven't kept up with, but no one's had to because flour is such a base level product that right. it's not it's probably not a super competitive market. Although red mills will probably argue differently by their ability to dominate that market and overprice their goods amazingly. <laughs> oh my god, no kidding. So expensive. Yeah. But um, how else can you get some specialty flowers like bread flour or like coarsely ground cornmeal or <laughs> avocado know, flour avocado flour oh or whatever God. we yeah. accidentally bought $18 avocado flour. it was avocado, avocado powder powder oh powdered avocado yeah, powder <laughs> it's yeah. basically just dehydrated avocados that have been powderized and you just add water and it's like instant guacamole <laughs> it's instant guacamole right. basically which, like <laughs> which Great for desert survival camping, but uh, not great for w- just a kitchen at home when you. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It seemed like reasonable because, like, we use that avocado all the time, like for breakfast, and yeah. like it it's, ends up browning and yeah. all that stuff. So if you just take like a couple spoonfuls and mix it up, and it's like enough for like a single meal with no leftover, you uh-huh. can save. Well, I especially was especially if thinking, you don't eat them regularly. Very sure. Quickly. I was right. thinking we would use it in emergencies when we run out of fresh avocado, and we're like shit, and we can't get to the store. Otherwise. The, but regardless, either way, I, eighteen dollars is a bit much for like seven ounces. Oh yeah, that's that's quite high. That's like drug money. That's like drug money. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's a form of speculation as well, right? I mean people are speculating on what people are willing to pay for right. a product. Fuck. And when you're the only one so selling expensive. a product. Pretty easy so dumb. We did not look at the price on that before. No, well, and the other thing is, like, we were also marveling at a couple of the other types of flour adjacent right. to it, and those were all priced like well below that. So I just don't even think we really we were not paying attention. No. Also, it was very impulsive. Yes. What? Anyway, I've never made so an impulsive decision in my entire let life. Let that be a lesson. <laughs> but didn't people used to put their flour in a like a? a fabric sack and that's where flour sack towels came from i think it was i think uh flour sacks are like how it was delivered so instead of the paper sacks and for Mm -hmm. larger batches of flour Mm -hmm. for like 10 pound bags or 20 pound bags of flour 50 pound bag of flour it's in a sack Mm -hmm. and then you you would still empty it into a yeah. large container, and then now you've got the sack that you turn into towels. I mean, I can't just, there's, I really can't think of much else that you get in a paper bag like that, especially when it's that shape. Like, it's very yeah. full. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, corn chips puts, in Southern California. Okay, corn oh, yeah. chips in Southern California. But um, not quite like that paper bag, but they do come in a paper bag. Children's paper. lunch. Children's lunch. Yeah, sack lunches. And like, I mean, the post office. The post office gives you paper envelopes oh, that's for your true. stamps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, and then like crack dealers, I think is the only other thing. Brown brown paper bags with crack in them. Well, no, you pay you like cr- paper envelopes. Oh, paper envelopes. Sure, I guess yeah. I I've, I've always bought my crack in bulk, so paper envelopes too small. Five gallon. A five gallon. Fifty fifty five gallon. Fifty five gallon drum. Did you Did you ever see the episode of Orange. Always Sunny Orange. where Dee and Dennis get addicted to crack? Ah, yes, I did. I saw that one. That one's pretty ridiculous. I would like one crack, please. That would be $250. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> one crack. <laughs> one crack. <laughs> one crack, please. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, oh, I also made fertilizer at home recently. Yes, that's pretty amazing. So here's the thing. I've been like collecting ideas and trying to do some things for like a year now, like some of the projects we've started last June and things Yeah, that when we started them seemed a little esoteric and maybe, wow, that seems like an awful lot of work when you could just go do this thing. And now all of my hobbies and all of my carefully laid plans from last year suddenly make me look like a lunatic uh-huh. prepper. <laughs> and I just think that's like really unfair. <laughs> But I made my own fertilizer <laughs> um, using the preponderance of eggshells. So I here's a here's a speculation on my part. I think that I believe that it's um, ah. a big part of how you talk about it, whether or uh-huh. not you're a crazy prepper or you're just sort of a hipster at home doing things the hard way. Mm. Right. So. If you talk about <clears throat> the love of doing something by hand and how you crushed those eggshells yourself and then soaked them in vinegar in order to break them down into the uh, calcium, you made a uh, calcium carb- acetate. acetate, acetate, right? Um, as a calcium fertilizer, and how yeah. you know because you just wanted to be closer to Mother Nature and be more in tune with where your food comes from, as opposed to saying, "Man." The world's going to shit and I can't buy this shit in the stores anymore. So I got to make it myself. I mean, like nobody can buy calcium acetate in the store anyway. No, you couldn't buy it before. I mean, but I get, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's all, it's all about context, like how you put it yeah. in context. Right. But I don't think I'm either of those things. I'm definitely not a hipster trying to get closer to Mother Earth. I'm just really bored. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of us are. Well, and you also don't like to throw things away no like, i mean like you want to keep those eggshells because you would you would compost it was, them like or a you sheer would do something number just, of eggshells just realized i just realized if i if i made a concerted effort i would very quickly have a large amount of a thing to work with if i could find something to do with it it works really well as garden mulch to be honest with you it creates yeah. like a little crust layer and it's completely like harmless to plants it's good for them it eventually very slowly but eventually breaks down into calcium in the soil it's not it's gonna be fine Mm, but if you just sprinkle it over the top layer um like down here in the desert it's it's the sunshine directly on it's not gonna hurt it and it keeps a little bit of the water in which is great Mm -hmm. because shit evaporates very quickly here so now i know well creating fertilizer is not a great idea because it takes a lot of vinegar for very few eggshells. And that was yeah. not going to use up this huge mountain of eggshells that I had. So right. it's mulch. It's fine. That's fine. It's but awesome. Yeah. Like, I, but especially that and like the fact that I've been trying to figure out how to build an indoor farm in my garden, in my basement for in earnest for a while now, but like for many, many years I've been thinking about this and now I'm going to do it. And it, it's on the heels of a pandemic, it, which had nothing to do with the decision. <laughs> no. I just feel like I'm going to look like well, a pandemic. I, I don't want to look like a pandemic asshole. Here. No, in Minnesota, you just look smart because you have a garden in the wintertime. <clears throat> well, you have I'm, fresh produce downstairs in the wintertime, which is most of the year. It's you'll have to forgive the fact that it's dumb to live in that climate that necessitates right. that in the first place. Yeah. I mean that that yeah. aside, right. that setting aside. aside that it's <laughs> stupid to live in Minnesota. Right. Where are we moving again? The far shore, which is in 
Minneapolis. Which is in Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> oh, I, was just, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> just going full circle. As, we're, we're talking about how dumb it is to move to Minnesota full as we're moving to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yes, right. Well, we're if you relocating we're, mm-hmm. back to the house from the place in the desert that's warm and great, but nothing is happening here. And so now it's time to go do some other things for a little while. Yeah. And you got a basement. Basements are cool. Ba- basements yep. are cool. That'll Being be cool. from a place where there's no basements, I'm really, I really like basements. I'm very fascinated with them, and I'm fascinated to do like a project in the basement. Yeah, like I think you'll so, get over it real quick. As a person, <laughs> as a, it's kind of like in the south, like where I'm from, we don't have basements and we don't have winter, uh-huh. and like everything on television, people are like up in places where there's basements, and they're they got you know you see on tele- TV, and it snows in the wintertime and things like that, and you have Christmas that's white, and we're like. I have like none of those things like that whole, whole act part uh, of like yeah. American culture is completely inaccessible to my experience. <laughs> so it's just kind of right. like that would be kind of interesting to have that. Well, what I consider to be I, a, an American yeah. experience that yeah. I, yeah. I could never access. Um, I think you'll find that they grow. They're not they're not everything they're, they've been. They're going to be overhyped <laughs> a little bit. Um, oh, I'm sure. I, they are uh, amazing. I mean, there's a reason people have them where it's cold um, or where there's, you know, reasons to get out of the weather. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And but, they would be great <coughs> in Texas, except like where I grew up in Houston, you dig a foot and it fills up with water. Yeah. Right. yeah. And in, in Austin, it's like you dig a foot and it's freaking bedrock limestone. Like it's just a very thin layer, so you have to you'd have to blast right to build a a, a basement in in Austin. Yeah. And like, so there's like all kinds of like man, it'd be great in the heat of the summer to be go down to a basement, nice cool basement. Ours is gonna be so great. It'd be awesome. Well, I want to hear more about this speculation. So yeah, <clears throat> the speculation with the bit here's what I'm speculating about the yes. basement. I'm speculating that we're going to have to tear out the workbench so that we can put in a sauna. Uh-huh. And then uh, across the basement, at the far end from the basement from that, is going to be lots of shelves for growing sprouts and microgreens. And those are, like, insanely good for you. Um, and so rather than growing, like, a whole head of broccoli, for instance, I'm just going to grow the broccoli microgreens and eat those. Uh-huh. And we've been doing microgreens projects and yes. sprouts projects, but this is like a big, huge version of that. We're also doing, we've been doing a little bit of research and fucking around with materials for building aeroponic towers. And I think we've come up with, like, we've discovered some interesting things. I speculate that we're going to have at least a few of those towers in the basement and they're probably going to produce a shitload of food. Yeah. Um, and we've really learned <coughs> from the work that you and I have done together. <coughs> I'm it's dying. The, it's the Rona. It's the coronavirus. Uh, and there's like, we've got a bunch of fans circulating in here. So the air conditioner isn't running so that we can actually hear each other. Oh, that's right. And it yeah. just like, I think it just like kicks up a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, uh, um, yeah. Um, um, what I was going to say um, is like, so what we found is like, from the work that you and I did to discover certain things about the process, yeah, 
I'm we're looking at what other people are doing with these tower builds and we're like you're doing it wrong like you're putting so much more effort and putsy shit into this than you have to like it's so easy you're overdoing it wrong and so I think we have some really like interesting ideas for how to build the towers too yeah well, that'll be fun I be um I think we should definitely do a podcast uh, as that evolves too and talk about the design of of those towers and what you know yeah what the thinking is it goes into that um, mm-hmm. I would speculate that those will be interesting, if not a little bit dry <laughs> as a yeah. podcast material. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that it would get very technical and sciencey, I think, at some point. I think that's Which fun. is fine. Yeah. Lots, of our, yeah. lots of our people like that. That's true. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Our, our fans, our audience, our, our, our creeps. That'll be cool. Um, awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I was thinking about just speculating. Um, so like, I speculate, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was thinking like, you know, speculating about how awful it's going to be now that they're reopening the country and we still don't have testing or um, trace contact tracing as far as I can tell. Well, I suspect that like two to three weeks from right now, there's going to be a bunch of people showing up in the ER sick as hell, just like the first time around. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I, and I saw... a blip on the like google news or something this morning on my phone that was like oh some governor's like see there aren't any giant waves of people getting sick now that everything's reopened i'm like you haven't even given it enough time for people to develop to develop symptoms if they've been exposed in the last and are you testing yeah and are you testing how can you say that where's the testing it's i just just gonna be a yo-yo yeah yeah Although I would say on the testing front, I saw a very interesting thing that, um, or we saw a very interesting thing that they've, there's a, this company that does 3D, mic, 3D printing for medical devices. Yeah. They've developed a set of different files for building. Well, the one they're for, currently working on <coughs> is an actual swab to do the test. Cause I, I didn't realize this, but. There are only two factories in the world that make the the swabs that can that the tests contain. Right. One of them was in northern Italy, which got hit and <laughs> shut down by the out. coronavirus. The other one's in Maine, yeah, which is the other country that is getting hit and slammed yep. hard by the coronavirus. So it's like, well, we're hosed, right. like we're going to be up, right? So they're they have been creating and getting uh working on getting FDA approval for this like three D printed nose swab. Oh, nice! Yeah, and it and the, the testing shows it works at least as well as the traditional swab. Oh, that's good. So it's like it's kind of crazy to me that like all, you know, all of a sudden three D printing might be the thing uh-huh. like, in a pandemic situation because you know you can retool it instantly. Well, there's no yeah right. You don't have to like you know retool a factory to have it start printing something else. You just feed it a new file, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, the versatility of that medium is pretty impressive. Yeah, right. I mean, there's and especially yeah. when you do stereolithographic 3D printing, it's uh, it makes it it makes for really high quality. What does prints that mean? Stereolithographic. Stereolithographic is basically what it does is it's got a vat of liquid and your your platform comes down to the to the liquid and a laser draws the picture and hardens the liquid and. Mm in that specific spot oh. and then it raises up a little bit and it does it again and it ever so it builds it layer by layer but by and it basically pulls oh. a form out of the the, the <coughs> vat of liquid That's yeah they get very high resolution 
it has, very high it resolution. has some drawbacks, but it's definitely a very high resolution process right. compared to like moving a physical head. Um, Exactly, some, and it can be a lot blow faster. My nose. Hang on a sec, okay. guys, or keep going, but yeah, I'll be right. right back. What was that, Damon? I said, it, it, yeah, it's got draw. One of the pros, though, is it can be a lot faster. Yeah, than, a, yeah, than moving a really, head around. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty cool process. Um, I think that that's going to be pretty interesting to see how that develops, um, and then also. I mean, I imagine like what you're basically what you're saying is you know whenever you have something that disrupts like massive uh, production or industrialized like areas where production happens, then being able to rapidly shift that production somewhere else is is going to drive that. Like you know that's going to be something right. people capitalize on. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I think it's pretty yes. fascinating. Like the the sort of in home manufacturing process that's going on now like people like are being able to manufacture in their homes and things and and on an like on a more technical scale i guess as opposed to like okay everybody like sew your own shirts now or everybody needs to start knitting socks like this is like mm-hmm. right now it's you know well with the face masks and uh you know with the the shields the um oh right medical exactly. shields and things like everybody's you know using their 3d printers to produce holders for the medical shields um, what do you exactly. speculate is more useful having a TV or having a 3d printer? Um, well, I guess it depends on your sort of goal or outcome. Um, if I, I, I 3D I'm sorry, yeah. I need an answer now and it needs printer, to be the correct answer. 3d printer, obviously. Okay, great. Yeah. That's the correct answer. I, well, except yeah, you have <laughs> hours and weeks of frustrating fiddling to get it to print something correctly to look forward to with that so i could exactly. see how someone it could yeah want you want to talk about time suck you think yeah yeah what you're interested your in it, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um, printer although i could argue that depending on the tv um you could use it you could use that as the basis for a large lithography uh printing device so that's true um you know depends depends on what that's you're absolutely getting right yeah i'm sorry you can't change your answer once you've submitted it i see all right. Well, I guess I'm going <laughs> to so sleep the, in that bed the, now that I made it. Yeah. The answer is 3D printer. It will forever be uh-huh. 3D printer. This is the GRE of broadcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> what else can we speculate about? Oh, um, let's see. There are definitely aliens. Don't be stupid. Yeah, um, but I, <laughs> I mean, I always have a qualifier for that, which is that we currently have no evidence for that. Oh, Mimi. I would be... I'm much more in the realm of like, I would be surprised that there aren't aliens. Uh (coughs) Um, but we have no evidence. There are, there's no evidence that there's aliens that, I mean, we don't know about any. Yeah. So do, do we No, I mean, there's, there's potentially evidence for possibly, uh, microorganisms on Mars, I think is my understanding, but now I'm pretty sure it was you who told me you had talked to aliens. I told you that. Didn't Ned tell us, didn't Ned tell us, hey, you guys, I want to tell you a secret. I talk to aliens all the time. <laughs> I, did, did I say that? I feel like that was you. Who was it that told us I think that? I was talking was to definitely aliens not me. I would never have said that. Oh, you were the one talking to aliens. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, now we have unreliable witness. Said, unreliable witnesses. Yeah, I would have. No, I don't think I would have <laughs> ever said that. <sighs> I don't. I, I don't. 
have any reason to believe that there's been any you're like ever since i was a little kid aliens have been paying me regular visits okay that was definitely not me i'm not sure who you're talking to about that grew up in kansas and then i moved (laughs) to san diego to sail sailboats i'm sure that was you nope this sounds exactly like your autobiography there can't Uh be two people with the exact same story who are not that is purely speculation i'd never said that you have no evidence no i'm sure that was you nope <laughs> I didn't. Hey I grew everybody! Up in, I grew up in San. Neg- <laughs> Neg grew up in Nebraska, or was it Kansas? I don't know. What were you saying a second ago? Now we have another unreliable narrator. Uh-huh. So many, so many narrators. So much unreliability. <laughs> I'm speculating about Ned's checkered I, past. I actually I'm putting I that love down the checkered past checkered, with aliens. Ned's checkered alien past. So Ned's. Since we're talking about aliens, I do love the speculation around like what aliens might look like. And I, yes. I, I get why um, the early reports are very like humanoid centric, right? It's like a head, four limbs, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. central body. But there's no reason to believe that that's how another intelligence, intelligent life. And also, I think when people talk about alien life, they usually mean some level of intelligence and autonomy beyond say, like, like something that could fly a ufo to visit oh, us yes I exactly but yeah. yeah well no i mean i don't mean that i'm just saying in general parlance when you talk about aliens like being abducted that, or alien i guess that's true when people i always ask people what kind of alien are you talking in about? the parlance sure. of our time what kind of aliens are we talking about if we're talking about x-files slash aliens ufos and all of those business then we're talking right. about people thinking about an intelligent level of of society exactly. You're talking about not like, just intelligent, but advanced. advanced You're talking yeah. about like close encounters of the third kind. Right. But I right? do love the speculation exactly. around yes. the forms that they might come in. And I love how our mm-hmm. alien science fiction movies have evolved to let go of the idea of this like humanoid life form. Um, you know, because it used to be little gray men or little green men or which was it? I mean, either right. one. But um, well, I think it, little green was like old and then it turned into little gray and like that book communion that everybody got real into in the 80s yeah about, i like, tried to read that butt probing aliens <laughs> it was difficult to read <clears throat> I not finish it i i love how it's like it's like anal probing aliens like there's all these holes in the human body to probe and that's the one know. you know you know they they have a hypothesis for where they think that that comes from no is that uh, tell me about this you, speculation it's, okay. it comes from our visual oops uh, visual uh, um, when you're when you're first born uh-huh. your eyes don't see things very well and they've like they kind of look like people like adults to babies kind of look like what people describe as as these aliens, these gray aliens with the big black <laughs> big eyes black and eyes. things like that, and so they think they might pe- people who are seeing these <clears throat> things are like just having nightmares. Maybe they have early, memories. you know, uh, sleep paralysis or whatever, uh-huh. and and they're having and it's a it's a nightmare that is drawing on those images from when they were and those experiences from being born in the first few weeks of life. And and so that's like that's a hypothesis as to as to why so many people share the share same. this same thing. Even people who have never had any contact with each other come from completely different parts of the world. Things like that because hmm. people because you can't really see color very well yet. Yeah, actually, and, that's when little kids' eyes are developing. Putting monochromatic black and white 
stuff with patterns and checkers and spirals and moving, you know, stuff like that actually does a lot more for the development of, of the, vi- visual. the visual cortex than a bunch of like splashy bright colors do. I mean, I think that's why uh. I, you know, splashy bright colors have, um, if they're, I forgot what it's called, they're chromatic equivalent. They're like, yeah. like, uh, what's it called? Um, I should know this, but basically, they're uh, they're uh, grayscale equivalent. So primary colors are all distinctly different colors and black are different shades of gray. Ah, yes. Which is why primary colors are appealing, and why why red and green are so hard for people who are colorblind is because they're of the same value. I forget what that value is called, but they have the same. Um, oh, uh, let's see. So. Maybe like the same grayscale value or something? Yeah, and there's a term for this, and I'm going to look it up while you guys keep talking. Um, that's kind of interesting. That is interesting. So I guess you could, pre- you could theoretically, if that's true, then you could predict what color combinations colorblind people are going to have problems with by looking at, at multiple prim- primary, different colors that line up with similar or the, sa- or the exact same grayscale value. That would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I mean, there's a whole science and that's actually, um, when I'm sure you go, people are doing that. Yeah. When you're yeah. in, um, graphic design or when you're studying graphic design, I imagine good courses have, um, uh, they'll have courses on choosing color schemes that have, um, good contrast between the colors. So even if you're colorblind, you're not, uh, it won't be, um, what is it called? Looking to see. Um, you won't rule people out who are colorblind. Yeah. Like you can make it so you can use a color palette that each color has, um, a different, what is it? There's a term for this. Hold on. I've got to find it. Um, all right. You do a different, a different color, a different grayscale value. Um, so uh yeah but their monochrome value will basically be um yeah you want distinction in monochrome value so it's like you might choose red and green but if you shift like the red darker and the green lighter or vice versa then you can create different differentiation in those colors even if someone can't perceive the color of them Oh, they can perceive. I gotcha. Yeah. The and so then that. they can see that those are two different colors and then their brain will uh, oftentimes fill it in. It's, it's why some people don't actually realize that they're colorblind if they only have a little bit of colorblindness, because then if the, hue, I think it's not a hue, it's a, um, fuck, what is it called? If the shade, um, if the shade, if the mono, if the monochrome values, um, are too close, then they won't be able to perceive the color value of it because their brain will be struggling to determine which, which color value it's supposed to be. But because your brain fills in a lot of information, if they're, if you're looking at just the red or just the green, you'll be like, Oh, that's green or that's red and and be able to identify it pretty quickly. But if they're the same shade together, then, then sometimes people with color blindness will have, will have trouble distinguishing them. Um, because they're so close together and then their brain will be trying to fill in the rest (laughs) of the color value that the brain is saying it's supposed to have. Um, anyway, it's a fascinating brain is just making stuff up. Yeah. Your brain is speculating. It's total speculation. Total speculation. Yeah. 
So, which is why someone might do really well, like have like classic, like red, green colorblindness and, um, be perfectly fine driving around with stoplights. And then all of a sudden they change all the bulbs and now they can't distinguish them very easily. Huh. Oh. Because the shade, because the, um, frequencies changed or something or the, yeah, not the frequency, the, um, yeah, the frequency, the wavelength change shifted such that they're too close now. For so them, they can't tell them yeah, apart. so they can't they can't distinguish the difference. Um, now that's bad design. Yeah, well the the whole red green thing is a problem. Um, like yeah. it was a poor it was a poor choice for for color distinction between stop and go. Um, right, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, ah, have you <clears throat> have you ever seen the little Ampelmann who does the like walk? Yeah, you have in Germany, haven't you seen him? Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy that's always running for the exit. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. Oh no. Wait. Who He's you? like a little walk, don't walk guy. The walk, don't walk guy. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Different guy. Yeah. People take him very seriously. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, I speculate that. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know what I speculate. I hate speculation. Most of the time. Most of the time. Well, I just it has such a dirty taste in my mouth now because it, I think of that's what like the entire stock market does with people's money. Right. So yeah, there's all that speculation. The entire stock market is nothing but like, speculation is a nice in that context is a nice way of saying a gambling. Gambling den. The gambling den. Yeah, um, because you know, I, I, you know, it's it. You, speculation has a lot of different connotations to it, right? Mm. You know, because people, you know, scientists speculate about what may be happening when they observe a phenomena, and then they use that to generate, high, you know, testable hypotheses. And it, you know, you know, it starts maybe from a little bit of speculation, and then you test what's going on and see how close you are, right? And come up with new speculations. When those didn't pan out or whatever, as opposed to like, you know, the futures market. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. which is all speculation. Well, um, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of, I think, one of the issues. I think, isn't speculation the reason that oil went negative? Yeah, that's uh, those were the futures markets. Yep. Basically... You know, you buy a contract for oil to to take delivery of oil three months from now, right? And then as that contract come, gets closer, uh, and maybe you bought it at, let's say you bought it at $90 a barrel, and now the price of oil has gone up. Now the value of that, uh, mm-hmm. that contract now gone up to, like, say, $93 a barrel. So you sell it, you pocket the difference. To someone, to a, to a producer, to someone who can actually take delivery of that oil, right? And now they have the right, they, now they have access to that oil and they've bought that oil from you as this middleman. Um, and so what happened is all these guys, there was, you know, no one's using oil. So it's all stored up all around the world, tankers sitting off the coast and everything. And so no one was buying oil because they have nowhere to put it. And all of a sudden these like, Peep these traders working out of their 
you know, office or their home office or whatever, or like about like real close to having to accept, you know, thousands or millions of barrels of oil, crude oil to their <laughs> location. And they were like, I'll, I'll pay you to take this. I cannot have like all of this oil showing up at my doorstep. Right. Right. It's, it's just kind of what crazy. What do like, with all this oil? Right, yeah. Right. Like this, it's all fake. It's all fake until. Like that contract is actually for a real thing, yeah, and it's just like a hot potato, yeah. And normally, there's someone who wants that hot potato. Does someone hear a mouse? There's birds at my house. Birds. Oh, that's your birds. Mm -hmm. What else can we speculate about? I mean, they're not. They're outside birds. They're not. I don't keep birds. Yeah, I there was a bird I met one time that learned my laugh and then would laugh right before I laughed. No, that sounds maddening and kind of hilarious. I only met it briefly. <laughs> I stopped by these people's house when I was working as a canvasser. Uh-huh. And within just a few minutes of me being in their home, the bird totally had my voice and my laugh and everything and it was like really creepy. That is hilarious. <clears throat> and the bird hated one of the children and would snap at it every time she walked. Birds by. are oh, wow. so funny and super moody and weird towards some people. And it's like, I kind of love them for that reason. Oh yeah. They're great. Like, I would love to have an angry parrot that only loved me. Uh huh. It's, it's, it's a weird experience. Like I, I haven't, I haven't been the owner of an angry parrot that only loved me, but, uh, my, my, first wife's parents had a tomato-headed parrot uh -huh. called Bird. Bird? Bird. They just named it Bird. Bird. That's why it was surly. And um, mm -hmm. It's like, fuck, it, this is what it, I'm left with. It was it was mean and, no, and everyone was scared of it. But it loved her dad and it loved me. Uh -huh. Like it would, it would sit. He want he would be, make a lot of noise until one of us put him on our shoulder, <laughs> and then he would like just hop from shoulder to shoulder, and he would preen our hair, uh -huh. like around our neck. He would just come in and preen our hair and whatnot. And as long as we just let him do that, he was perfectly happy and fine, and just yeah, love. But yeah, if he didn't like you, he'd like bite you and mm -hmm. hurt. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's so terrible. I <clears throat> I also knew some other birds. Were they named Bird? No, they were not named Bird. Um, whose birds were they? Well, my grandma had these birds that laid these teeny tiny little eggs. They were itty bitty little finches. Yeah, and like one of the kids squished one of them to death. I oh. think they loved on it too hard. We've had those birds. There was the, there was the creepy parrot who was amazing, who bit, you know chomped at children or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, my dad worked with a lady named Karen who had parakeets, and they kind of just lived around the house with her. And I loved going over to her house because, like, there were birds flying in the house when I was a little kid. It was great. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted a bird, but. Like a smart one. Not, yeah. Not just like a passive bird. Not just like a finch. No, I want like a brilliant, intelligent bird. Like a, co like a cockatiel. Those I want are a really good I want like a, bird. I want like a golden eagle. One of those almost took my cat one time. I know. That's nuts. That, that, that's a good story. Yeah. 
as a Yellowstone, or as in Cody, Wyoming, which is just east of Yellowstone, east of the Eastern Gate. Uh huh. And uh, just sitting there working at this RV park, and uh, the the front windshield of the RV is slanted back, right? Yeah. So from above, you could actually look down and see the dashboard. And the cats like to stay on that dashboard. And Sasha was up there just sunning herself. And I hear this whomp. And I turn around and I see the shadow of this massive bird go sliding down the front of the RV. Because, like, I had the curtain pulled. So I just saw the shadow on the curtain. And you stick your head out the window and a golden eagle flies away. And Jasper comes running in from outside like, did you see what? Did you fucking see that? (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Sasha came. Sasha decided to come out of the window after that. Yeah. But yeah, that was like crazy. That's nuts. I didn't see a golden or no. I haven't ever seen a golden eagle in person. I didn't see a bald eagle in person until I was in like my 20s. Yeah. And I was driving across the high bridge with my mom and she was like, "Ah, my I I she, I, I freaked out because I saw an eagle and she was like, everybody's seen an eagle. And I thought they were kind of like unicorns at this point, like mythical creatures. They're all over Alaska. Alaska's right. filthy with them. But <clears throat> I hadn't seen one in the Twin Cities. They live all up and down the River Valley. And then like two days later, I drove past one that was standing on the side of the road next to the car where the car where I was driving. And it was enormous. And I was like, two in like two days? Yeah. It was like the Vader Meinhof of eagles. That's same with Yellowstone. I was there for a couple of weeks and on the last day got stuck in a snowstorm, decided to drive back into the park and finally saw bears. bears. Saw a grizzly bear, Whoa. saw a black bear. Bears are great. What what are we speculating? What are the chances that any of the three of us will die by a bear? Oh, I'm going to say that the chances are re- like astronomically small. Yeah, but it'll probably be me. so uh a group of us once were out walking and one of the people in the group hid in a bush and pretended to be a bear a little ways down the trail and when this happened i was i knew about it and so i wasn't scared but the other two people who were walking with me were terrified one of whom grabbed the other and pushed them in front of them like a human shield (laughs) Wow. Which everybody, as soon as we realized there was no actual mortal danger from a bear, everybody was like, <gasps> you! <laughs> That's hilarious. So, bear death. Lots astronomically of- low. I'm making a note here. Some friendships ended that day. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I care to speculate on the likelihood of shark attack. Shark attack anybody? I think. Oh, I don't. I would probably be the one that get attacked by shark. <laughs> yeah. So you get the bear and well, the shark. Well, I probably more the shark than the bear. I feel like I'm more. Likely. I actually would like to go <laughs> swimming with sharks. Ah, uh, okay. Then you're definitely more likely because I was gonna say I'm. I feel like of the three of us, I'm more likely to be in the ocean, but that's just because right. I live here right now in right. San Diego. Um, but we have very few shark attacks. I mean, they're pretty. But like, if I learned to scuba dive, one of the things that would go onto my list of my dives is would swimming be to with go, sharks. Swim, go swimming with sharks. Running with like scissors. I would, love to, I would love. Sorry. Running with scissors, swimming with sharks. I would love to put on like a, one of those chainmail suits with some blue sharks and let them like oh my grab God. my arm. Gnaw on you stuff. a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha. There is 
a lake in Minnesota that the DNR uses as a stock lake and it you can't use any motorized vehicles and you can't go on the lake, you can't go in the lake. And if you go to the lake at dusk, there is a little feeder lake that feeds into the big lake. And there's all these minnows that kind of like sit where the water pours in and the muskies come at night and eat them. And the muskies are like s- scary sea monster huge. Yeah. Just like, like murder. Just like you. sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Like murder fish. It's your version of an alligator gar or something, right? Yeah. Or do y'all have those as well? We have those too. Oh, man. And we have giant sturgeon and huge catfish and all sorts of terrible things. I hate lakes. I won't sturgeon go in them. I won't do it. Sturgeon are crazy looking. Sturgeon are horrifying. Yeah. Caviar, though? It's true. <laughs> Ends justify the means on that one? I have no idea. Yeah, I'll eat Would, them. Walk me through this ethical argument here about eating, <laughs> eating the eggs of a sturgeon. Sturgeons are okay because their eggs make me happy. Gotcha. All right. That's the whole thing. <laughs> That's the ethical justification for that. <laughs> Very well thought out mm-hmm. and supported. Solved. I have nothing against them except they're ugly. I and mean, I don't want to be in the water with them. Yeah. I don't want to be in a lake. Don't ask me to go in your lake. I'm not going to go in your lake. How about our pond? No. Lakes are lakes you are kind of weird. You don't want to go in my dad's pond? Lakes are filthy and gross and horrifying. Yeah. I don't want to go in a pond either. Not all lakes, Meg. Any... Not all lakes. Uh, <laughs> I wonder. Too soon? Maybe. And she's not, well, like, yeah, she could go in Tahoe to not have those troubles, but it's too cold. I swam in Tahoe one year at the end of the summer, um, and it was quite pleasant. It was really hot out, and the water was just the right temperature. I did not find it to be that cold. We were in the north end where it was real shallow. Um, was it 105? Uh, the water or the outside temperature? The water. The water was not 105, no. Then it was not warm But enough. I bet it was like 80. That, I mean, yeah, there was one time uh, when we were out on the Atlantic coast, we were out in the ocean yeah. and it was like glass and just perfectly still and it was beautiful and it was like 80 degrees and it was super warm like a bathtub and everybody was just like hanging out and had floaties and shit, which you're not really supposed to do. And then it was like a huge jellyfish swarm that came in. Yep. Jellyfish! That's kind of one of the things. Like, ah! When the water the gets real and warm peace here. peace was destroyed. Uh, yeah. Warm water in the ocean around here means jellyfish and stingrays so it's sort of like you got to be really careful Uh uh-oh but yeah i did not get stung that's good i lucked out that's hilarious they were everywhere everywhere um well do you have any tips for living well in hell Mm. don't get eaten by Um. a bear Put a couple cop drops of paragoric in your bottle. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Drug your children if they won't just shut up. Um, <laughs> I feel like you had that Hello. one basically. Quarantine like, tip: a little, a couple drops of paragoric in uh, the mm-hmm. juice bottle. What does that even mean? I don't. I I need context for this. I have no idea. What you don't know what paragoric is? No. The context is is I was standing at my mom's house on a phone call, look, uh, just looking through her little shadow box of tchotchkes. And I see this old timey medicine bottle uh-huh. and I'm reading the contents yes. and it's like 46 point something percent vol- uh, alcohol by volume uh-huh. and down lower is like 3.2 grams of opium. I gotcha. Right. <laughs> yes. And there's like a little, like little bitty bit, like a few millimeters in the bottom of the, of the bottle mm-hmm. and so i get off my call and i go downstairs to my mom uh-huh. and i'm like mom did you know that you have opium 
in the guest room. And she's like, oh, yeah, the paragoric, uh-huh. Yeah, Mimi told me to put a couple drops of that in your bottle and you'd sleep through the night. It worked. <laughs> it's like you're lucky you, you survived and didn't right. cease respiration. So if you're having, if you just can't take your kids anymore uh-huh. in this trying time that we find ourselves in, my advice to you is find a little paragoric and just... Kill your children with laudanum. No, just a little <laughs> bit of just just a couple drops. You don't have to make t- them drowsy. It's more attempted be quiet for a while. <laughs> I mean, I had to I had to break down and actually take like real honest to goodness pain medication in addition to Tylenol when I bit half my tongue off the other day. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> oh my god, I was so upset. And did you <laughs> it's bite fine the front now. half off or the back half off? No, the side. Oh, the side. Like a, a big chunk out of the side. Mm, uh-huh. um, because two reasons. Because I can't feel my tongue because I have neurological damage. And also, one of my molars has shifted considerably since I had my wisdom teeth out and is now right in my bite plate. Like, it's my tongue now overlaps my bite plate. Uh. So, unless I deliberately, willfully move my tongue out of the way, if I close my teeth, I will bite my own tongue because there's no place else for it to go. And so, I was eating food and I just was doing it slightly absentmindedly. And by that, I mean, I wasn't consciously thinking about where my tongue is in my mouth constantly while I'm eating. And I just bit like a huge huge chunk out of my tongue in two places two giant scallops of my tongue removed it was super gross uh-huh. i basically didn't need anything but popsicles for the rest of the day and most of the next day all right um it totally put me off the food i was eating at the time this is not the first time this has happened this happens far less now than it used to that sounds really when i rough. first had nerve damage <laughs> But it has part of what was so depressing about it is that it's actually been a really long time since the last time I did this this bad. Yeah. And it just is so painful and it involves all of the nerves on the right side of my head. So I get a tremendous headache from it. Uh. Um, and I was basically like, well, this is the rare occasion where I feel so shitty that taking a little bit of pain medication is actually going to make me feel better than I feel right now. Whereas most of the time I don't like pain medication because I don't like the way that it makes me feel at all. And so it's, it never really helps because I'm just layering feeling pain with feeling shitty on top of feeling pain when I do that. But this actually helped. So, um, let's just say, you know, like keep a little around in case of emergencies. That's my guide to living well and health. that and stock hemostatic bandages at all times. They come in real handy. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like that was good. We we did some speculation. We we got off topic real nicely there. You guys have anything yeah. else we want to add to it, or can we? Do you want to call it a good one? No, I'm just happy there's birds where you are. That sounds nice. It's really pretty here right now. It's kind of sunny afternoon. the The sun's like, you know, filtering through the leaves and then making that like speckled, speckled sort of sun leaf pattern yes. through the window mm-hmm. onto the couch. Um, that's the kind I love to nap in. Yeah, it's kind of great. So, um, wow, that is good napping light. Yeah, yeah, which is the impetus for me wanting to cut this thing short, be done with it, <laughs> and go take a nap, on the, take a nap <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> Time to go nap calls. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, thanks everybody for speculating with us. Yeah, and thanks Damon for jumping in here and adding adding a voice to the, you know. It's a little monotonous when it's one or two of us. 
Right. Adding a little little bit of child abuse there at the end. <laughs> little child abuse, yes. <laughs> mentioning the mentioning the drugging young children at the end. That's that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to thank you most for. <laughs> that's the highbrow kind of content you I were wanna, looking for. Uh-huh. I want to say people have like matured or um uh become more enlightened since your mom was at an age this where she could have drugged you, but <laughs> I know plenty of people who I shall not name who would readily and probably have done, probably, I wasn't there if it happened, drug their children to get them on commercial airline flights. I have, oh, sure. Yeah. We've so all seen the A-team. <laughs> seen all right. Well, all right, everybody. Wash your hands. Yeah. Thank you. All Don't right. touch your face. Don't touch your face. Like I just did. Bye. Bye. Bye.